0: No, we're not ready. Uh. We're ready. We're ready. We're live. I'm just drinking my vodka on, on the rock.
1: Oh man. Awesome. It's a good idea. I um <laughs> my wife and I went to a place yesterday, um, really stove called the stove and tap and lanza if you ever get a chance to go. Amazing place. Um great restaurant. Like uh started by, you know, Steven Star is Russ would know that. Yeah, I've
2: heard of him,
1: yep. Steven Starr is the restaurant tour of Philly. Yep. And um he's you know, he started places like the Continental and Budokan and Philly, some great places. And, uh, the he started stove, top stove and tap. It's called
2: the first place. The first time I ever found out about Budokan was from Kim Johnson. He told me about Budokan. I had yeah. no idea what that place Players
1: was. love Budokan. I know. I mean, you're, if you want to find a, if you want to go after a hockey game, you'll find players there almost every oh, night. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's the place I was in there one time. Um, and a whole bunch of them came in. Bill Barber had a table with a bunch of other people. Yeah, I mean, Budokan's—it's—it's it's an amazing restaurant. And there are pictures on the, the chairs in Budokan have photos on them of people, famous people in the city of Philadelphia. And um, our band, our band's manager is on one of those chairs. Oh, okay. And uh, so he got invited to the not, not, the,
0: ba- not the band, but your man. I never
1: got, I never got on the chair. No, he well, he was more famous for other bands he managed than us. Um, so like he managed Robert Hazard, who wrote. He wrote Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which is, you know, which then went on to buy the Robert Hazard and the band manager homes. You know, like that that yeah, made, yeah. song made so much money. It's yeah. Insane.
2: I once sat at the uh, the OJ Simpson chair at the Cloisters restaurant in Buffalo. <laughs>
1: nice, nice. Was,
2: was there a slash in it? This was pre slash.
1: This is when OJ was like, This oh is this. My. There's the I, In the history of O.J., there's the great running back at USC. Then there's the great running back at the NFL. Then there's the crazy comedian from, like, the airplane movies. Right. And then there's the no, – sl-
0: No, no, no. But then there was the serious thespian who was in Towering Inferno. Right. And
1: yeah. There was, never, and then, back, there was the
0: never, N- then there was the NBC color commentator. Then there was the comedian. Then Hertz there was – commercials. The Hertz commercials. The Hertz commercials. Then there was the slashing murderer. And the, and, and the thing was –
1: he, slashing murderer. He
0: owned yeah, I always refer to him as a <laughs> he was a slashing running back.
1: Then um, comes the slashing murderer.
0: Yes. He owned a part of a uh sports bar near the Buffalo airport uh with a bunch of Buffalonians uh back in the early nineties. And he when the Bills were in the I think it was the the AFC championship game when they played Oakland, the entire okay. NBC crew was there and I didn't have it was a Thursday night. I didn't happen to know that they were going to be there. We normally would go to this place after work to watch hockey games because they had like thirty screens and they would show hockey games. It was before the center ice package or anything like that. So I'm in this. I'm in this place. I see OJ at the bar and you know he's ordering drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. You know he's he's cock of the walk. And I go up. I go up to the bar to uh, get a drink. Right and there is this gorgeous, statuesque blonde that's oh, at, at the at the bar, and I say hello. She says hello back. I don't, you know, I, I didn't have any any, you know, that was basically that was my that was my come on line was hello, and great line, yeah, great it
1: usually line. works. And
0: yeah. and the thing was about 15 seconds after I said hello and smile and smile back, he comes by and grabs her by the arm. And only years later, after she had been murdered, that I realized it was Nicole Brown Simpson.
1: Whoa, that's wow. insane. That yeah. that that's a real brush with fame there. Yeah, I mean that's the serious you're talking about. I mean, yeah, that's.
2: If things broke right, Mike, you could have been Cato Caitlin, but you just weren't.
0: <laughs> no, no, Russ, uh, Russ,
1: don't kid yourself.
0: Russ, if things <laughs> would have broken right, I could have been Ron Goldman, and I would and and, and I would, right. it would have happened to. I didn't want to go there, but okay
1: mike could never be kato caitlin
0: yeah i've got i've got in my finger than kato caitlin has an entire body
1: oh man that is so funny oh my gosh all right all right let's move on um actually what's funny is uh i started this whole thing because i'm my band is performing again in philadelphia and i'm not really supposed to be promoting it or i don't like these worlds crossing too much but some of the people have asked about it so I'm going to say this one time and only on this. I'm not going to post a tweet at anything else. But it's it's January sixth at Philadelphia Teen Angel, um, and one of the shows is sold out. But the second show I think still has a few tickets left. So if you nice. really are interested, which I don't imagine you would have any reason to be, because honestly, the the kind of people who like that kind of music, with the exception of Mike, don't exist in the hockey world. But Mike, actually, you know, and even though Mike has never really seen my band, nor is he particularly a fan of the band, he I've,
0: I've, I've listened to I listened to the music on Spotify, and I like some of it. We,
1: we are right in your wheelhouse for the other bands you like. Like we open for bands that Mike loves. Yes, um, completely. So um, and yeah. I, and, I,
0: and if you want me to, I will drop a line to that person if you need to get them to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried. I know. I know. So um, but anyway. So yeah. If so, what I'm doing right now now i haven't played i played i think one or two shows since i started doing this so (laughs) none in like excuse you none in like 10 years um so trying to remember these songs is is something else it's like it's like equating it to like if you misplaced a hard drive in your house somewhere and you're like i know all that information is there somewhere but i can't quite find that hard drive that's what you're
2: like hugh grant in that movie making the comeback
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. God. This is just a one time only. It's not a comeback. This is just a one s re- music, music and lyrics. That bad movie? Yeah, this no, this yeah. is for this is for a friend of ours, Tin Angel. We played there thirty five times or so. They, they love that place. It's going out of business. They asked us to come and play. So we're just doing one thing, time thing. But it's um yeah. So it's not a comeback. We're not I'm not leaving hockey, unfortunately, for those of you who don't like me. I'm not leaving. <laughs> um, yes, so uh there you have it. All right, let's begin the show. But if you're interested, January sixth or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it'll sell out within the next couple of days. So, but if but I don't say I didn't tell you about it. That's all. Anyway, there you have it. Okay, here we go. That was my Mister wow. Roboto. That was my Mister Roboto bell thing. Yeah, we're, right. not
0: edit, we're not we're editing, not editing this out at all. We're keeping it all. Oh
1: Lord. Hello, hockey world. It's Thursday, December first, twenty sixteen.
0: I'm Michael Agello.
2: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology.
1: And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com, where we play 24 7 Christmas music. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. No, never mind.
1: <laughs> that's what I, I mean. The, the stations are already doing that around here. As but long my,
2: as we don't show the 1966 Yule log, I don't understand the movement
1: <laughs> for this because, like, <laughs> oh, it
2: wasn't HD back then.
1: Why I don't. in the
0: world do we care? Plus, and there are I remember, so many better
1: Yule logs available online.
0: I remember WOR and WOR used to put the damn Yule log on at about yeah. midnight, <clears throat> and they'd keep it on for twenty-four hours. That's television! Like, how could you even get ratings for that? Like, I don't. Why would you even waste the
2: airwaves with that? Yeah, yeah no. So Show. No,
1: it's it's, it's it's a. On. It it just proves that if you create a tradition on Christmas, no matter what it is, People no matter how won. ridiculous it is, if you do it twenty years in a row. People will demand it.
0: American <laughs> movie, American movie classics runs The Godfather on Christmas on a <laughs> and my and my family. Oh, The Godfather's on! It's Christmas. Oh we're, gonna watch, we're gonna watch Sonny get blasted away at the causeway. That's There's something amazing. like a good
2: murder at Christmas
0: time.
1: No, I, I thought you were gonna go with the you know like a uh, Christmas story thing or something like that. I mean, the Christmas TVS story one.
2: makes sense because it's a comedy and. And it does take place in in the cold part of the year, and and so I get a Christmas story, and I do like it, and, and I'm friends with Zach Ward, and and I know Scotty Schwartz, and so like I I totally get that one. The Yule log, it's not entertainment. We're just no. and we're gonna watch a low definition wait, wait, log it, burn in a fire. It is
0: entertainment for pyromaniacs.
1: Right. It's, well, my family opens their presents outside by an actual fire. Legitimately, every Christmas. Okay, and
0: that's like, fine. Regardless
1: I, of how I, I, cold it is, so that's our tradition. Um, but you know, let's let's just throw this. Out for the weird. I mean, so thing.
2: What is the Yule log? Nineteen sixty six version of Spotify.
1: Yes, right, right. At least there's a hundred of them on YouTube, by the way. So, but here's the thing. So. The weirdest thing about that, then we we'll get on with the hockey, was there's a there's a channel on XM that did nothing but play Christmas scream. I mean, I'm sorry, Halloween screams, Halloween horrors, like it was called the Halloween horrors channel. And it was perfect to have on, you know, the radio outside or something like that on Halloween night. And they kept playing it through it after Halloween. Um, and then on November first at midnight, they transitioned from that to twenty four hours of Christmas music. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and i was so mad that i didn't I, I i set a timer i wanted to get up and just hear how they did it like what when they went from screams of horror and terror to like we wish you a merry. i wanted to see where that they went how they that went blended. from
0: spooky by classics Four right
1: right right, 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 to, right to witchy four.
0: woman by the eagles
1: yeah, no, 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 right? to, to, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year by like, you know, uh, it, it just it was. I don't know how they did it. Anyway, let's get on with hockey. And to start with, I really want to say this, that yesterday we talked about Pekka Rene, and today Pekka Rene has been named Player of the Month, which is surprisingly, kind of surprisingly, the first player in Preds franchise history to be named Player of the Month.
2: That's a little crazy. That is weird.
1: Isn't that weird? This is a team that's been around 25 years, right?
2: Yeah, but they haven't been doing Player of the Month for that long.
1: Right. That's true. Um, Now, and then, you know, so that's just an interesting thing. But there for Flyers fans, there's another really interesting thing happening right now. And I don't know if you saw this or not, Russ, but Carter Hart. Okay. I did see it. Carter Hart has passed the record for longest shutout streaks in Everett Silvertips history. (laughs) That long, that long history of that. Anytime you
2: you say Everett Silvertips, all I hear is this annoying guy with a cowbell in my head.
1: Is that what? I, what are the Everett Silver Tips? I have to say that I don't know. Well,
2: that's the WHL team, but but there's a guy there. There's a cowbell
0: guy there. Yeah, it's, and you're him every minute of every game. It's the same. Wow. That he gets on a plane and flies to Pittsburgh and and blows a trumpet. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. right, right. That's a. I mean, so for those of you who want, you know, the Flyers. We saw Anthony Stolarz play last week. He got a win. Um, he's. Huge. He's six foot eight or whatever he is.
2: <laughs> no, he's not six eight. <laughs> well,
1: he's something crazy. But and Carter Harder is also very big, right? He's another very big goalie. He's not
0: that big. He's only Carter Harder's like six two.
1: Well, okay, I, so he's like a normal sized man. Like a, I didn't
0: see any specifics on it, but I saw some reports from Philadelphia reporters that said that uh, that Steve Mason <clears throat> had some sort of incident at practice, and that you know whatever whatever their next game is, that he might not play it's tonight.
1: Their next game yeah, is tonight. Okay. They play in Ottawa tonight. I think. Right.
0: Maybe right. Stolarz yeah. Gets another game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's good. I think we need to see what Stolarz is all about because the Flyers are in that spot right now where I've heard rumors and they're very strong rumors from good sources that the Flyers have interest in Ben Bishop for next year and that you know this is being that you know Mason and Neuworth are both UFAs. If you're going if you're going to go heavy on Bishop, which is not the worst thing in the world to maybe do for them, and Bishop is a kind of team that he would probably he would probably come to the Flyers. It's probably a good fit for him.
2: I don't like it only because I think Carter Hart's only two years away.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And,
2: and I, he is their franchise goalie. You could watch the Lars now. You could do whatever you want, okay. but he's their franchise goalie in my estimation. And so if
0: I'm signing Bishop, is Bishop signing for only a two-year deal? No way.
1: Yeah, no, he's no, not. But,
0: but maybe he signs for a four-year deal and, and Bishop does what he, he's doing currently with Tampa Bay. Right, it's possible. The, you know, uh him be the number one, Hart be the number two that gets more action. Because,
1: yeah, because if you're the Flyers, you got to look at the window of Giroux, right? And you got to say, okay, how is that long? Is, is Does Giroux's window and Carter Hart's window intersect?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. For a little bit. Maybe that's a problem. But if I think here's the problem, and this is something that the Flyers have always – this is a, another reason why the Flyers have not been able to develop a number one is because they always sign a guy – to too long of a term right. when they have another guy in waiting. This has happened a lot to them. Well, And if they, they sign Bishop for four years, right, Right. you can make Carter Hart a two-year backup. It's not the worst thing in the world. But then you are pushing things back as to what might happen, like with Matt Murray. That, op- that, pr- that opportunity then doesn't present itself right. because you've not signed Ben Bishop to this massive contract
0: because he's not going to take a cheap deal. Ben, Bishop, ben Bishop's not coming cheap to Philly. Yeah, but the thing is that Ben Bishop he turns thirty one next November. So yeah,
1: no, you, yeah, that's that even is the thing.
0: Longo is old. Like Bishop's going to play for five, six more. Yeah, Bishop's
1: years, in but... amazing shape.
0: Yeah, I'm not disputing yet, But the thing is, it's like I think it's more than likely that he gets a four or five year deal. than he gets a six or seven year. Deal. I, I would oh agree no, with that funny.
1: also. I agree with Mike on this one because I don't think there there aren't that many places that will give him anything. Like there's a lot. Of, most teams have their goalies tied Calgary. up. Calgary.
2: So. I mean, we can name them. There's
1: plenty of places. Well, Calgary, Calgary and Dallas. then after Calgary, who else?
0: Dallas, if they could work out a deal. Calgary, right. Dallas, Vancouver, because okay. Miller's knows the UFA. Markstrom, I don't know if he's a. Like normal. I said,
1: there's plenty of places that'll sign Ben Bishop in the summer.
0: You know, Thatcher Demko probably <laughs> isn't ready yet, so he 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 could be a backup
2: for a few years. So yeah, Bishop to Vancouver is a possibility. I mean, there's there's. You could name five, six places.
1: You could name yeah. ten places. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. But you could name five or six legit ones. Come yeah.
0: on, we got to we got to talk more about uh, Christmas music. Yeah, no. Basic, but, but the basic thing here
2: is the overlap. Again, I don't think it's the worst thing if if Carter Hart's like a a two year backup. I don't. I've seen other goalies do that. We've watched it over the years. It's fine. But right. you could see that right now, Carter Hart is on this accelerated path to the nhl right i saw it before his draft year and now we're seeing it as it's unfolding if he were to make the world junior team and start for the world junior team and win a gold medal it's a jump but it's not that big of a jump then a leap of faith then that's something that could accelerate his career and if you've just signed ben bishop for four to five years you're now essentially you know blocking him
1: has his stock risen since the draft
2: absolutely yeah. yeah
1: Right, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's on a side street yeah, straight now. He's right.
2: won WHL goalie of the year. He's now been picked to be on yeah.
0: the World Junior roster. It's absolutely risen yeah. he's got, a lot. He's got a 9.39 save percentage in the WHL, which is so. Amazing. Those of
1: us who haven't seen Carter Hart, just like we have a lot of Flyers fans who watch the show. so mm-hmm. you've seen Carter Hart a lot more than any of us. Right? So, what is who is Carter Hart like? What goalie would you compare him closest to in the NHL? You know, I know you hate doing that. I always make you do this.
2: I know. I, I'm not going to compare <laughs> him to anybody, but I'll just tell you what he is. He's extremely smart like this is a guy
1: yeah i talked to him i agree with that even
2: even in drills i watched him sort of outperform alex lyon and other guys next to him sandstrom in drills in flyers camp watching them all at the same time watching all their attributes Then in games he is able to anticipate really well he's very athletic he's got a great glove he doesn't have like extraneous movements and and again just he does have a high hockey IQ he does and so i think like the brain part of him is like mike richter i do okay he he when i spoke like i'm i just spoke to mike richter yesterday we'll talk about it later but when i speak to carter hart i get the same feeling that i did with richter and that's half the battle for being a goalie is having that
0: brain and i'm yeah. pretty sure i'm pretty sure that when when we're Talking to him amongst a number of players at the, the, the draft uh, combine, he you know his idol was I believe it was Carey Price, which makes was, sense. Well, of Carey course, Price. So. Yeah, Carey yeah. Price is a WHL goaltender, and every every young goaltender now is going to idolize yeah. Carey Price. But the thing is, he's only eighteen years old. He, you know, right. next next year he can't play in the AHL, so he probably go and, and he's not going to make the NHL at 19. So no. he's going to go back to junior again. He probably go back to the World Juniors again. Then he goes to the American Hockey League. So maybe you know he could make the NHL at 20. But you're talking at least two years, two and a right. half years before he's even ready to step as a backup or a starter in the NHL. So I think that Philadelphia, if they you know get rid of both Mason and Neuvirth. And they do go after Bishop, you know, you're talking by year three of Bishop's contract that Heart's going to be a consideration. Yeah, and I
1: think that that's legitimate. I think, and I think, um, th- I think you're right. I mean, you don't think so, right? I
0: don't think he'll. Su- I mean, I, I just think you're you're only getting Bishop
2: for four or five. And I think by year three, the the problem will arise. And then that's where all of a sudden it, it's going to, you know, that. So say good- year three,
1: he comes up and he splits time like Fazileski did, like you're talking right. about, you know, then year four. Is the last year of his deal, or the or the second to last year of his deal? At that right, point. but
2: what if in the first year, you know, Bishop wins a Or What if in the second year he's still an all star? Like can, I'm not just saying, this and you can this, trade him.
1: Well, that's a great, that's obviously a great thing for for to happen. But you're then, right. I, no, you're, and I get it. And
2: I, they are. Here's the other thing: How exactly are they going to afford this?
1: Well, they have a lot of money coming off the cap. The Flyers do. They uh-huh. have they have players coming. Like Mark Stripe, for example, is coming out of there. You know, right. so there's other players. The cap will go up a little, bit. they're not in bad shape. They're not really i'm like i forget the ufas they're signing they don't don't have a lot of big ones that you know delzato that's going to be interesting what they do with him they
2: have to sign delzato i think based on the curve that the current younger defensemen are on you still need michael delzato as a puck mover and and as a shooter He's one of the still one of their only defensemen that shoots well and accurate.
1: Well, yes. Yeah, so here's the thing about him. And I, cause I, and I wrote this in my blog. The, as he's one of my top 15 possible rentals because of the fact that he is definitely, his stock has risen a lot around the league.
2: Yes.
1: And you know, he's a, UA, so that doesn't mean he can't come back and sign with the flyers, but sure. the, the fact of the matter is he could definitely, we could see him on another team this year, running into the playoffs or something. Like that. Um, all right. Th- another thing we talked about yesterday, because we are so brilliant in what we do. Um, uh-huh. That we talked just about Zach Werensky being, you know, this in this the, the player he is, and he is named today the rookie of the month for November. Um, you know, pushing him again into further into that Calder discussion like we talked about. And maybe yeah. even maybe even pushing. And it
2: Norris. In. And Norris, I think.
1: Norris is yeah. crazy. That that's interesting. It's not that
2: crazy. I was with some writers yesterday and I floated it and and they didn't bat an eye. and These were guys that had seen him play in college, had seen him play this year. Yeah, did not bat an eye. Thought that, yeah, you know what? So far, he has played at that level.
1: Wow. I mean, that yeah. and I, you know, that's that's a darn – I, mean, I yeah. know they they love him in in Columbus, and I we talked about that from the beginning of the year. But uh, we knew, and you're right when you say he's the best goalie, on, best defenseman on that team. And they were saying that in Columbus in the beginning of the year as well before yeah. he even played. But man, to start to start pushing him into the best defenseman in the league.
2: Well, he probably won't win the award because we're yeah. pretty sure Shea Weber is is number one at the moment and probably won't relinquish it. But yeah. Carlson's probably number two. So I'm not saying he's winning it, but I'm just saying he's he in the discussion. conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know what? Because I mean, I, I, I'm thinking back to like players who were nominated for a Norris Trophy and how close they were to being a rookie. The last one I think was – and he wasn't a rookie, but I think it was his second year – I believe it was Dion Fanof. Dion Fanof was nominated for the Norris. The one yeah, that he might be right. Won 20 goals. Yeah. And it was like his second year. Most of the time after that, it's those guys who've paid their dues and finally, you know, after years and years, have gotten through and gotten their nomination for the Norris. So if he does reach the top three, it's very unique. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 No, it's really unique. I just think
0: we're in an era where it's possible.
2: I'm not saying that Yeah, no.
1: it's possible. And, and this is, if, if anyone w- I mean, this is such a great kid. He's such a big leader. He's a captain of that team. Very, it feels like you know. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Orensky's wearing the C on the team. Yeah, because uh, he just he he exudes that kind of confidence wherever he plays. Um The Devils have recalled John Quenville, who tonight will play in the NHL in his first game against Chicago Black Chicago Blackhawks, who are coached by Joel Quenville, who is not his yeah. dad but his uncle. Is his uncle? Right. Yeah. So this is he's seeing his nephew play, but that's kind of cool. I mean, it's it that's a fun thing for the Devils to do. To John's bring to a good play. kid. He
2: um. He's a very likable guy on and off the ice. teammates love him. He's got energy. he's got some speed. he's got some good moves. He's got pretty good size. Wouldn't shock me if he pops one in, but but he he's just a guy that has deserved it.
1: yeah, I agree. I, I, I you know and i I love this and I love the fact that the devils are maybe you know, is this just coincidence he's playing against Chicago? I don't think so. I think it's the kind of thing that they wanted they want to make. Yeah. You know, why not have a little bit of drama in the the NHL once in a while and do something Yeah, it's nice to
2: get a story. I mean, there is another story similar but not not for a rookie or anything where, you know, Adam Clinton-Dennings playing for the Rangers for Kevin Klein tonight, and he's from Niagara Falls. The Rangers are playing Buffalo. Nice. So that's that's a nice story. Now, the bad part of this is for a guy that's really like a number seven defenseman – He's been in five teams in five years. He's a pretty good puck mover, no question about it, and an okay skater. He is a possession metrics magnet. And so every now every analytics person who follows the Rangers and otherwise thinks, yeah, he should be in there. And Kevin Klein stinks. So it's good that he's getting (laughs) scratched. And I'm thinking, you know, when Kevin Klein gets gets put on Las Vegas because the Rangers don't take him, and maybe they keep Clendetting, who knows? Crazier things have happened. I think sure. that would be a big mistake because I don't think Clint Denning's an everyday player. I just don't. And I'm not saying that it's right that mm-hmm. he's been moved five teams to five years because sometimes there's been those rare guys where teams just don't see it. But, you know, the yeah. Blackhawks are one of them. Pittsburgh's one of them. Right. Good teams that – need and Pittsburgh needed defenders when they had them. They were desperate.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Russ, log out and log in, okay, for us because – uh, someone's calling me from Hawaii. That's odd. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> anyway. yes, right, right, right. Um, I thought you would like this, Mike. I'm just going to throw this out for you for a second. Um, but what's coming back? This, was, I saw this. Uh, this is, uh, we know that Pierre Maguire and Phil Kessel have a long running friendship, um, but stretches back through the ages. Yes. Um, they, you know, they exchange secret Santas every year. Um, and here, here is this is from last night. So let me show you this. This is, uh, this is they they were calling this the cold shoulder the phil kessel cold shoulder i like it but here we go so i know it's going to be a little bit of a mess but i'm going to try it here we go so all right so this is this is pierre looking at phil and phil looking away Ah, nice gotta love it
0: how's your breath phil
1: i know that isn't that great and again phil look away nice all right there you go so
0: Good timing. Good timing. Anyway, I thought
1: that was perfect. Whether or not he, you know what really happened or not, who knows? But whoa, holy cow! Sorry about that. My screen.
0: <laughs> Whew.
1: Just yeah. The
0: Matrix. No. I know we we entered
1: the Matrix there for a second. Yeah. Well, but well,
0: um, just because we talked about we talked about the Leafs yesterday, and we talked about like how they played against Edmonton, yep. as typical of a young team that is still not there. Um, they. Entered the game against Calgary in a coma and gave up two goals to the Flames in the first five seconds. And you know, poor Jonas Enroth, you just should sue for non-support because that team doesn't that team doesn't score for him. And when they do score for him, they you know they they play a bad defensive game like they did in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. They lost lost three nothing. And you know, Mike Babcock's comments after the game. You know, he he said you know we're not a good enough team yet. We're young enough, but he also. Focus some of his ire on Enroth, and I'm.
1: Yeah, I heard that too, and um, rest let's Talk for a second. So get to okay, it. is it better? Let's see. Yeah, yeah there we go.
0: Okay.
1: See now, sorry, we, we, before you were cutting out into gotcha. darkness. Um, yeah, I I saw this too, and Enroth, who was really good last year, remember as a backup for the Kings, and came in this year. With and I'm a big Enroth fan. Enroth is like I've yeah. said before. Enroth is him. a Enroth is a Pele Limburg fan, so that's fine by me. So he grew up. That's if he's. That's why I, I like him too. I've I like him
0: a goaltender, but the thing is is that the trend in goaltending right now is for bigger goaltenders. He's I think the smallest or one of the smallest in the league at five foot ten. And you know, there there are people who are, who are you know being critical of the fact that you know the Leafs apparently have the most back to back games in the NHL. I think it's like 18 back to back games. So they're gonna need a backup who can win games. And right now Enroth is 03 and one. This team is not a playoff team. I hate to keep telling this to may, to Maple Leaf fans. They're, you know they they have a lot of great young players. that are gonna you know they may get close. I just don't think they're a playoff team. They're not gonna make moves to get into the playoffs. They're going to play their young kids and let them make mistakes. And if the goaltending isn't good enough, it's not good enough. They're not going to go out and trade for a goalie just to just to sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first round. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: yeah, I saw a goal or two I didn't like, but there was some bad defensive zone coverage there too. Yeah.
0: Now, Jake Gardner, who's you know, who Mike Babcock has basically been been calling like the the next uh you know, the next Bobby Orr the last few, and I'm being confused yeah. here, but he's been really effusive in his praise of, of, of Jake Gardner the last couple weeks. And he was out to lunch on one of the goals early in the game. And Kadri was standing right next to, I think it was Freddie Hamilton or, uh, you know, whoever got the first goal. I think it was Freddie Hamilton. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, I mean,
2: yeah, and that was quick.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was 11 seconds into the game. It's like, I mean, okay. that right. But you know, you're down two nothing and you don't score a goal. So you were done in the first minute of the game and, uh, Whatever. No,
1: that's, that's yeah. I mean, I I don't think, I I mean, the question with Enroth and with Anderson are, to me, are still, are they the right kind of goalie for the kind of system that they are playing right now? And I'm not sure about that. But I think Anderson's played a lot better, and I'm not docking it, but they're definitely, Enroth, you know, was good, like I said, was really good with the Kings. You know, the Kings play a totally different kind of system than than the Maple Leafs play. So to try to equate what happened with the Kings, and the Kings are solid defensively. You know, believe they are not. It's just basically what it comes down to. The
0: funny thing was that when Enroth got signed in August, his main complaint from last year was that he didn't get a lot of work. I think he only started 12 games. He played in, I think, 15 or something like that. Okay, He's not going to get a lot of work in Toronto. The the, the whole focus right now is let's see if Freddie Anderson can, can be that number one starter that can play 60 to 65 games. I'm almost surprised they didn't start Anderson back to back because they weren't playing again till Saturday. But if you're not going to be able to use Enroth in back to back instances, then you may as well get rid of him. And I'm not for that. I mean, but the Kerry Ramo is still like you know staying in Toronto and waiting possibly for an opportunity. So which is just bizarre.
2: This is crazy. Like it, here's the thing, in this NHL, and I and I know I have to keep saying it, it's very rare when a goalie. Can win a game for himself anymore. And right. even the other night, Steve Mason was as good as you're ever going to see him play for the yeah. Philadelphia Flyers, and they still could have lost that game in overtime. Yep. And that's now that wouldn't have been his fault, but yeah. it could have happened. And that's my point: is when you don't have a good defensive team in front of you, they, I don't care what goalie you are in the league anymore; it doesn't matter.
1: I agree completely, and we've seen it. We've seen. I mean, we've seen. I mean, when you think, but you say goalies steal games and all that. We say that happens a lot, but honestly, really, goalies really stealing games does not happen as much as people say. No,
2: not as much anymore.
1: Think of one last year. You know that game five in Washington that Neuvirth when that was a goalie stealing a game. They win one nothing. You win one nothing. Like that's that's the goalie. It's all the goalie, right? And you get outshot crazy.
0: I mean, Chad Johnson made thirty-nine saves for the shutout last night against the Leafs. And other than Marner's breakaway and maybe one or two other pretty good saves, he wasn't, you know, tested by really great chances. So yeah, I mean, that sort of goes hand in hand with, you know, I, I you can count on the number of one, uh, you know, on one hand, how many fantastic goaltending performances on their own. With their I don't put up your
2: hand with the six fingers; it's
1: distracting. <laughs> the um. The Devils. I just got a text from somebody there too that says, "Um, and this is good news. That um, oh shoot, I just oh, that am sorry, I lost for a second. Taylor Hall will play tonight. He'll be oh, back, there you go. back in the lineup. For the, that's that a big, perfect. obviously perfect. great to see him back. There's another. In, rookie,
0: there's another uh, uh, rookie debut. Uh, Jakob Varana is going to play for the Capitals. He just got I, called. I'm very happy about
2: that. I've been pushing him for a while, and we just had Ross Mahoney on our show like a week ago. We talked about him. I knew he was close, like he had to be – and he was dying over the summer. Like the, the kid basically told me, I, I think I'm ready. I'm ready for any kind of challenge. He yeah. was just waiting for the opportunity. So I'm really hoping this kid can do it because if he can, i got to tell you something, that adds another dynamic to the, uh, to the Capitals. It
0: would. Well, this is, this is important for the Capitals because they're losing two rather prominent forwards as free agents at the end of this year in Oshi. And in Justin Williams. Yeah. Rana is a talent. He's an offensive talent. He played really well last year in the AHL playoffs. I saw him play in the Calder Cup uh, in the the Eastern Conference final against the Marlies. So he's capable of, of holding an NHL job. You know, there's a determination that they have to make of whether he's ready next year then they can maybe let Oshi go or, or, you know, Justin Williams is getting up there in age, so they're probably going to let him go anyway. But if they, if, if Veronica can step into, and then maybe Burakovsky or somebody else can move up, then they, right. then they don't have to spend $5 million on Oshi and sign him. Right.
1: Precisely. You know, um, I
0: wanted to
2: just finish one more thing before I had to cut out. So the thing with Clendenning on Twitter, it's gotten to the point where, I, I don't know, he's played six games, I think as a Ranger a regular season, and they have a nickname for him already. It's like, you know <laughs> what, guys? Like, Clendo. It's like, I think he's a nice guy. I spoke to him when he was in Philly. I actually like the guy, but let's not overdo this here. Like, let's not make him something he's not. Let's just see what he does on the ice and if he truly does add something because Ranger fans now are sort of acting like even the first-place team is not good enough. Even though you're 6-3-1 and one in your last 10, you're slipping. Even Russ. though you're plus 39 on differential, it's not that good. Like, Russ. you got to just slow it down a little. That's that's Lynn sanity. Yeah.
1: There yeah. you go. Russ, you had something else for us to discuss today.
2: Yeah, the uh, the 2016 U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame was yeah. – uh, they had the uh, ceremonies yesterday in Philly. And um, while I didn't stay for the ceremonies, I was there for some interviews and watched some guys get their plaques. And, and it was pretty great. The um, The key thing was the 96 World Cup team. Like, yeah. That was – the key thing and and we all remember the ninety six world cup actually was played here in Philly. It yep. was then the core state center. But when I wrote my article on sportsology, I didn't put any naming in that because that building's had too many names already.
1: Well that was and like the first event that was done in that that was like the it first it was the event. first
2: sporting event. They had like a Ray Charles concert. Yeah
1: there, was a, like, yeah there was a rock concert or
2: something. Yeah. But but it was the first sporting event and and it w- it was fun because there was a lot of things like people a lot of people still didn't know like that place wasn't fully ready. To I have that game. Seats were being put in at the last minute. I remember Scoop Cooper telling us the press box was put in at the last minute. Yep. I, Mike Richter talked about the paint still sort of being fresh on the walls when they first walked in there before their first prelim game Yeah. there. Not not the first one of the finals. And and so, like, there was a lot of memories. Keith Kachuk and uh, I think it was Billy Guerin were, were, were goofing around in this massive hot tub that they have. You know, Paul Holmgren – the funniest thing Paul Holmgren said to me – in the Scrum was, well, you know that hot tub in the back. Have you seen it? And I'm like, no. And I'm thinking, like, Paul, you haven't invited me back to see this hot tub. Right, I've yeah, covered yeah. your, yeah. you your team him for man? ten Paul's years. Back
1: there for so many hot tub parties, Russ. <laughs> you're uh, you're you must not be you must not be like him as much as I am. <laughs>
2: I've covered them for ten years or more. I haven't seen the hot tub.
1: I've oh, seen. Oh man, I, you don't you don't know, but me, Lauren Hart, Paul Homer, yeah. we're all back there having yeah.
2: fun. I've seen That's the,
1: the bottom water, Russ. I've seen the bike room, but anyhow. So apparently,
2: some hijinks were going on there, and yep. and there were some really good stories that came out of it, and and so, but it was fun. Joel Otto, believe it or not, first time back in Philly in 18 years. Really, since he stopped playing.
1: I would bet most people out there, if you asked, would not even know that Joel Otto ever played for the Flyers. He he was he was he he played well for the Flyers, but he wasn't. I mean, obviously, he played in the World Cup, but he also did play for the Flyers.
2: Right. The biggest thing. I remember him for the Flyers because I remember him beating the Rangers for a lot yeah. of um, face-offs in key spots in 97. Yeah. I do. And and he was big for that. But – and he also had the size, right? But in this tournament, you know, Ron Wilson was there. Holmgren and Wilson were – you know, Wilson was the head coach. Holmgren was an associate coach. They were talking and goofing around, and, and it was great. But Wilson talked about one key strategy. He, You know, knowing that Eric Lindros – the newest flyer at the time, great flyer, at the, you know, really at the peak of his career and, and stayed that way for a while, um, for a little while past that. He was facing off against Otto and basically Otto was told, Hey, you know what? Wilson basically told him just cross check him, cross check Lindros, see what <laughs> happens. And then all hell broke loose. And they, that was a message that team USA wanted to send. Like, Hey, we are not the old Team USA that you guys used to be able to run roughshod against.
0: This yep. is different now,
1: and that was funny because that remember Lindros hadn't played much in the NHL yet. Honestly, had he or
0: no? I think yeah, he couple well, years. Yeah, he was drafted drafted ninety one, missed ninety. Yeah,
2: he played three, four, four years. Okay, I'm yeah.
1: sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Canada yeah. Cup before that. He played in the Canada Cup before.
2: Yeah, yeah, he played in the he NHL. In the NHL. Yeah. Game.
1: But then the typical strategy on Lindros was not to do that, you know, that not to right. not to wake him up. And he played. Lindros was one of the best players for Team Canada in the. In the but Lindros
2: yeah. backed up and said, "Like what the hell? Like yeah. shocked that Otto, always teammate did his that." Teammate to would
1: him. do that, yeah, yeah, really he interesting.
0: We went, went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
1: That's right. Was,
2: that was a good thing, and there was a lot of '96 talk, and you know, Leach was there, Richter was there, and so that that part was great. But there's also some other stuff, like so. Mark Howe was there, right? Right. I haven't written this article yet. Oh, we kind of forget, and even my mind—I forget that Mark Howe is an American.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: Because he won the Lester Patrick Trophy.
1: Yeah, over. it's very strange. It 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 does obviously. Don't, it we just don't doesn't think change. of him
2: as an American, but he is.
1: Well, he kind of when he was come at his point though, right? They really. The America that was when you know you really didn't see that many pro. Did he play in the Canada Cup for America?
2: No, he played in the seventy two Olympics as a sixteen year old.
1: Right, I remember that.
2: He won
0: a silver medal, I think it was. Silver medal, yes.
1: Right, so, but he never played in the Canada Cup for the America. No, no.
0: The funny thing is, I remember Mark Howe more as a Hartford Whaler than I do as a Flyer. Okay, and that's fair. I mean, I remember when... him as both. Yeah, but the and interesting then... thing about
2: Mark Howe was when you start talking about the rise of american hockey or hockey in america he basically like i asked him about playing against american players and he you know and he said they weren't great at the beginning you know he would play for some of these teams and there but as things went on things got better but he talked about his junior career and i've never Mm -hmm. heard Mark Howell talk about his junior career so i'll be Mm -hmm. i'll be writing about it and i just i found it interesting because it was a long time ago and it really does show you how far, you know, U.S. hockey's come. But then, you know, Brian Leach made maybe the funniest comment of the night because I asked him, I said, hey, for that 96 team, did anybody from, like, the White House or a vice president or any high-ranking official call you about the win? And he, he, he laughed. And I'll, I'll give you the quote because it's just – it was typical Brian Leach. And here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, no, he goes, no, nothing like that. It was still hockey in the U.S. And it's summer hockey too—a double whammy. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right. But he did talk
2: about winning in Montreal. How big that was, and you know that. that yeah, was-
1: I mean, people like, and it's hard for. I mean, we're we're like the old generation when I say this, I feel like it. But yeah. it, it, you know, it's hard for. Remember, like, I grew up playing hockey. I couldn't afford to play ice hockey, but my friends played ice hockey. And you know, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, at that point. You know we had our teams would go up to the Can Am tournament and get destroyed, like absolutely yeah. destroyed. Like they're they were the best teams down here. I go watch them. There is one team where they put they put an all-star team of like every place around here you could find. These were great players. They were I'm like, oh they're definitely gonna have a good chance. They go up there and they would play like this the B team from Sherbrooke and get killed. Yeah. Like and there was such that's the difference that existed between American hockey and Canadian hockey back then. It was just it was uncanny. Like you couldn't, we couldn't, convince. Yeah. so that's what made things like so
2: 96. I was literally in the midst of the rise of, yeah. of us hockey from the junior level. And so I, I'll write about that. I thought that was interesting. Another interesting guy was, Oh, sorry, Mike. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Was Pat Kelly. We sort of take his name for granted because the Kelly cup for the ECA. Oh, I know he's such yeah. a great guy.
1: I got to talk to him one time, continue, but he's such a great guy.
2: He is a great guy. And he's had like every job in hockey and mm-hmm. But the interesting thing was he even played for a team in Cherry Hill,
1: New Jersey. He played for the did play for the Devils? He did. The Jersey Devils, they were like, they were they were the New Jersey Devils. Um before the Devils existed, I have a jersey of theirs, you know that. Right? I have a I have a Cherry Hill Devils jersey.
2: That's cool. And so he played for them and but the interesting thing was when he got invited when he was done playing because he was playing and coaching he, he, he got invited by the then owner of the league before the ECHL really started to expand and asked him, hey, you know, do you want to be a commissioner? And he goes, I don't have any experience. And, it like, you know, the guy's like, I don't care. You're the right guy. And he goes, okay. But then what would happen is, hey, if it was – look, he would be running operations for the arena too because he said – because even Kelly said, well, what you're paying me for commissioner to move my family isn't really enough. And he goes, well, you'll be the operations guy of the uh, arena, too. Have you ever done that? And he goes, no. But he goes, well, you've never been commissioner either. (laughs) So, like, that was the whole thing. But it worked out. And But he even said, now, this is funny. So here's a guy who's commissioner. He's operations guy for the arena. And, like, the the Zamboni guy called out. He was driving the
1: Zamboni with his suit on. That's awesome.
2: Like, he's just a a hockey lifer. And when you hear stories like that, it just makes you appreciate a guy like that. You know, he gave a lot of credit to his wife. It, it was really nice. Craig Janney was there. We, we sort of take Craig Janney for granted, right? Because really,
1: we do. You're right. Janney is Janney is sort of forgotten about in that whole world. He would be a
2: billionaire in this era.
1: Oh, I know. Or the you way know, he scored. It's kind of then. swallowed up with oats. You know, like I always thought there was. It feels like oats just took over so much of his spotlight.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. what killed what killed him really was the was the trade from Boston to Salem. right, right, because. He was very effective. I remember when it was right after the one Olympics when it was Janney and Bob Joyce. Bob Joyce was Team Canada and Janney from from, from uh, Team USA. They come in and they play. They go right away on the Bruins with Cam Neely on their number one line. Right. And, they were, and they were phenomenal. And that, that, that team with, I think it was Andy Mogan, like Reggie Lemelin and Goal, they were got to the Stanley Cup final, I think, a couple times. So, you know, it was really really what killed him was the trade from Boston to St. Louis. And then he sort of, I think, he still had good years, but he didn't have the spotlight and he didn't have the protection of a big tough guy like Neely because he was not a physical player at all.
2: No, but he was a really talented, skilled guy yeah. who could score. and. So the interesting story, the backstory with him is that he grew up with Brian Leach. He grew up playing against Leach and eventually playing on teams with Leach because they're both from Connecticut. And so that's, you know, so – and the funny thing is is he said when they would play in the, like, the local um, high school tournament and then after that, like, the all-star tournaments there was a better guy than them. Really? But but he said the guy just didn't, you know, get better. Like, he just – that he peaked out at that level and never got never improved. Wow! When they all made the next jump, but he said there was a guy better than me in Lee. So
0: <laughs>
1: we I, got I, that. I that's a story we got to dig out who that guy is. Yeah.
0: I didn't know Alexander Daig was from Connecticut. Yeah,
1: here's my. I put it on Instagram a while ago, but just this is my this is my Jersey Devils nice. jersey.
0: Nice. So
1: you can see, um, yeah, that was yeah. the that was the look, and that's what that was the team played in Cherry Hill, which um which is my hometown. Yeah. And then um and then his funny thing is that. They're the Centrum they played in the Centrum it was called and it was the first place I ever skated as a kid um, I never saw a Devils game, but you know other people play like Bernie Perron played for that team briefly um, Van Beesbrook played for that team even um, I think right at the end um, yeah. But yeah, that was uh, such a interesting and then that turned into a Kmart <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember that whole thing. It was like really it was literally the most sad thing in the world for me Like yeah. the hockey arena is being turned into a Kmart.
2: Yeah, that is kind of sad, but depressing. But this was a fun event. Like this was
1: one of those things. Great. I can't wait. When your story comes out, make sure you let yeah, us know. And the
2: first story's up.
1: Oh, okay. I, well, go to and sportsology.com go and to check sportsology.
2: it out. And that that one's about the arena. Then I'll put one up about the other guys and the other things because they all had a lot of interesting things to say and things that you you know you, you shouldn't take for granted. Because like even like even Janny was funny because I said to him, I said, Hey, what do you think about the scoring being up in the NHL right now? And he goes, is it really up? And I'm like, yeah, it is. But like <laughs> nobody in the scrum would like admit to it. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you, it is up. I It's know, up.
1: No, look, it's definitely up.
2: We've looked at the number, but it's weird that no one said that. He goes, well, good, because I'm happy because he goes, he didn't like the way the sort of the game was when it wasn't offensive. He yeah. thinks for the game to be most popular, it has to be offensive. But he, you could tell that there's a part of him that wishes he were playing now because defensemen can't hold, and he talked about that. Because back in his day, he was in the clutch and grab era.
1: Oh yeah. No, they're definitely, and, and there there are lots. I mean, if, you know what Lindros and Leclaire would have done if you could if you if into the clutch and grab era was done. I mean, that would have been. I mean, if they were playing right now, it would be silly what numbers they would have yeah. put up. I yeah, mean, no, they were, maybe they were. hanging over. You know, Lindros would and Leclaire would have people hanging on them every time they were in the zone.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a standard play, was to pretty much
1: so you had to do deal. anything
2: you can but get into the penalty box with them. Just to show people, too, like, so we're not making, they don't think we're making too much out of Janny. You know, for Boston, 62 points, 62, 92, 87. For St. Yeah. Louis, one year he was hurt, he only had 36 points in 25 games, but he had 106 points, 84 points. Then he got hurt. Then, no, then he, um, yeah, the next year was a lockout year. So he, only, he had 27 points in a shortened season. Yeah, he in had a 100, 100
0: year. He had 106 points in 93, I believe. That was 93. The, and was then the, he had, yeah. Even even in 1996, he had 82
2: points in 84 games with Saint with yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and even yeah. at that point, that was still a pretty good mark in his career, and that was when he before he got dealt to San Jose. I
0: think so. Yeah. That, that yeah. hundred point season was when he was centering Hull, and that was the team that lost with Cujo, that lost to Toronto and uh, yeah, game, in
1: right. Game. But right. as yeah. a
0: Bruin, as a Bruin, he had two hundred eighty three points in two hundred sixty two games.
2: My question is, why the hell did they ever get rid of him?
1: Oh, I know, I know. And he was, you know, what I think it was, he was not a physical player at all. And yeah. we've talked about it before in Boston. I mean, he was. He was literally a guy who would have no penalty minutes. You know, like he just. But was, Adam
0: Oates wasn't a physical guy either. No, no, he couldn't have wow. both
1: of them. I think that was the concept. Was um, I remember. I remember this. That's why I was saying. Was saying Oates was. I thought I always think of Oates as kind of killing his career because, you know, and it didn't because obviously he went on and still had a great career as it was. Um, and yeah, he's, he's nine winning.
2: points short of a point game player in his career. Now, granted, he was in a very offensive era, and that's why he would never make the Hall of Fame. But if he were putting up points like that now, he would be a rich man.
1: He was so smooth too. Like that was the thing about it. He, he was just a great skater, really smooth skater. Uh, let's see, we got a couple other quick hits before we get out of here. Oh, let's. I guess we'll talk about this. All right. So the Drager, <laughs> Darren Drager today, um, came out and said that Donald Fair is not going to accept the NHL's NHL's uh, <laughs> bribe of basically the um, of giving them the Olympics in in exchange for a renewal of the CBA. Which I just I still think this was a horrible idea from the very beginning.
0: No, you this, know. I okay. I think that the owners knew that the players were going to reject this. Maybe they thought there was an outside chance that they would accept it for spreading the game. But I think this, you know, it's now going to be put on the play. Well, the players didn't want to go to the Olympics, so now we're not going to the Olympics. That's all this was.
2: We said it a week ago. There was no when it, when Donald Fair said we're going to talk about this. I told you exactly what he
1: would say. No, this is exactly what he said, and I, I, you're right, you're right, and I, I. I agreed with you, I think. And but my my I think but my I still what I don't agree yet is I don't agree the NHL is is not going to these Olympics. I I still it's not
2: over yet. They'll probably have one more last ditch effort, but that's it. Time's running out.
1: I think like I said, my prediction is the NHL will say, well, we weren't going to go, but NBC re- – th- their next move is with NBC, right? And that's what – that's NBC wants them to go. I know this. I talk to people at NBC Sportsnet. They really – they want them to go to the Olympics, and they have a lot of power. They've got a huge contract with the NHL, and, and the NHL wants another huge contract for them.
0: Well, I, I, I just think this, and I'm, I'm granting that point. I'm sure NBC wants them to go. I'm sure Sportsnet in Canada wants Team Canada to go to, to go to the Olympics. Yeah. You make an overture like this where you're saying, okay, we will go if you do this, and then you go without any, do, getting anything, then you look weak. And I don't think that the owners are going to want to look weak.
1: Mm. Only-
2: what's
0: NBC, what's NBC going to spend more on, the voice or
2: on the Olympics?
1: Yeah. I don't know. We should do that with hockey buzz. We should turn our chairs around, and then you know, when something comes on, you. Yeah, I know. Really, seriously, I, that show is unbelievably ridiculous. Uh, it really is. I just watched it the other night. It is just so terrible in so I, many ways. I mean, I, just
0: I can say that I've preserved my brain cells and I've never watched that show. When I, I watched mean, watched the second of it. That's it.
1: It makes American Idol look classy. It's <laughs> the best I can say, which is like you know. The, well, the, 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 huh.
0: Yeah, the thing that uh, Drager brought up, it, it, if you look at side-by-side with what happened in baseball yesterday, where they got to the deadline, and three hours before the deadline, they agreed on a five-year uh, extension of the CBA with some changes in it. I, I don't know about the international <laughs> draft for us. but the draft is out. Um, yeah, the, the baseball all-star game determining home field for the World Series is done. But there were you know, some okay. significant things got changed, and you know we're potentially going to face a lockout. I know nobody wants to talk about it, but it's it's reality. If one side or either side opts out in in the summer of twenty nineteen, you're going to have a lockout in twenty twenty. Unless I don't know about that. I think they will opt out, but they'll have a year to negotiate.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I,
2: and I think in that year to negotiate, they'll hammer it out. I do. I, I don't
1: so. think there's a big. Issue like the last two times we lockouts happened, there were two major issues on the table, and I haven't seen that one yet. Like the first one was obviously the salary cap, but the next one was
0: hockey-related revenue,
1: the fifty percent like thing. You know, we wanted to get to that. The NHL is not gonna. I I thought the NHL was gonna push for more than fifty percent. They're not, from what I was told. I mean, they might they might push for it, but they're not. It's not like a deal breaker for them. So
0: what i think they're going to push for is shorter term salaries i think or shorter term contracts i think but that doesn't
1: help them necessarily I, I don't know about that because shorter term I mean, every time cat salaries come up for negotiations they go up i mean so to me
0: actually well, Eck
2: has a great point the owners are the ones that push for the eight years not the players i believe yeah
1: yeah no shorter contracts work for, benefit the players right um because yeah and you know you can't keep those numbers players going, want, so.
2: owners wanted players locked up longer because of marketing and other reasons yep.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but um, we'll stay on top of it. I'm sure that's we're gonna. There's gonna be much more news with that. A couple of quick hits. Um, Chad Johnson has his third shutout in eight games. I mean, and you know, like I said before, he's actually a good, a good trade deadline goalie right now. Um, no,
0: at the way it's going, Brian Elliott's a good trade deadline goalie because he's Yeah, I
1: mean, Brian Elliott could be as well, but I think that you know both both could be available.
2: I mean, honestly, nobody is picking up Chad Johnson. And playing them down the stretch as a playoff goalie, they're not.
1: It depends on who gets hurt. You know, I mean, that's the. but
2: that's the only thing. But you're not, you're not trading for him unless somebody does get hurt. Yeah.
1: Like yesterday, I talked about Ryan Miller, right, on my blog, and and I, um, you know, and that, you know, you could see Ryan Miller as a Ranger if Lundqvist went down. You could see Ryan Miller in Los Angeles if things don't work out better there. You could see him in Montreal if Carey Price were to go down. You know that's what that's what it comes down to with goalies. It always comes down to injuries.
0: But right now, is there a team other than Dallas and maybe uh, maybe Philadelphia in terms of teams that have playoff aspirations that don't have a go-to goalie? I mean, no. that, that's where that's where a Miller who you know who might be entering the last year of his career. He's a UFA. He's thirty-five years old. He, he yeah, I think he is. I, I think this is it for
2: Ryan Miller, and I think unless something like Bishop were to happen, I think they're going to try out Demco for next year. I do.
1: And I think Miller, I mean, the, the one name I keep hearing with Miller that makes a lot of sense is Dallas. Right. And, and although, you know, Niemi played well the other night and they still have moments when they look really strong, but Lindy Ruff, you know, loves Ryan Miller. And yeah. that, that, you know, that, I mean, he's, he's his guy. So if Lindy going yeah, how their- are you,
2: what are you doing about like that extra 5 million to get?
1: Oh yeah. Now you there? got, this has to be, this has to be something that, you know, somebody has to get hurt. Some goalie has to go down or something. There's all, you're, you're
2: talking an LTIR situation, which is again, remote.
1: We still have to happen. It still has to happen that way, but it, you know, it yeah. usually happens with one team at least. And you have a situation where, you know, a team can do it. Um, the other but, guy I want to talk about real quickly is the guy I put up today is my number four, yeah. which is Radom verbata. Um, and every year we talk about verbata. Um, and he is such an enigma because he seems to play really well as a coyote. And then everywhere else he plays, he's okay.
0: Course, he played well in Vancouver last year. That's true. Remember, his, his name was out there prominently at the deadline. And I don't remember if he got hurt right before the deadline, but got then hurt he right got before, before the, out, the right. deadline. Right. And then he ended up not getting traded and then yep. Vancouver got, got left holding the bag. So here's
1: why
2: you don't want and verbata 42 playoff games, 18 points.
1: Oh yeah, I know. I know.
2: As I know. a third, as a third liner, okay, he's got eight goals in forty-two playoff games. Is yeah, it really no, worth it?
1: I agree. Completely agree. I'm. I, I, I.
2: I'd rather use a young player. I could probably come yeah. up with a stat like when teams have put in guys like Kreider and players like that that haven't even been to the NHL who have gotten more production than trading assets for Radom Verbada.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I. I don't disagree. I mean, and I, I'm not. To me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move for about it, but he's definitely, he's one of those guys that has the numbers. He's a typical playoff rental type player. It can
2: Help you get to the playoffs. I will say, say that. you
1: know, say you're the Penguins and somebody goes down, you know, there's certain you see, you can see him. He's the kind of guy Chicago would pick up, right? Like he's the kind of guy the Blackhawks would grab if an LTIR happened. You know, he's definitely right in their world.
0: Well, and and you know that Arizona, especially under the the new management. Uh, even though you know Tippett's got a lot of control there, I mean they brought in Han- they brought in Verbata as a one-year plug. Um, they they won't have any problem trading him. Martin Hansel's a UFA. He's a big forward. He's type. He's probably going to be one of the more popular guys to be rumored at the deadline because he's young. What's
1: the, who are you saying again? I'm sorry, I missed that. Martin,
0: Martin Hansel.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh,
0: he's gonna, his lost. name will be very popular out there because he's a yeah. big forward. He can score, yep. and he's young. You know they'll probably they'll probably get more than they get for more than they got for Bodker. Yeah, he's in
1: my top three coming up. So okay. yeah.
0: now he's
2: I could see someone going after him because and he's a guy if he does well you try and resign him. Right. I mean, there's no question that Hansel and and it seems like they have enough pieces now in Arizona where they probably would trade him. Right, that makes sense. I would he, pick up a Hansel.
1: We had a record set yesterday apparently, um, and this is something that no one no one knows if this is actually the record or not, but. It happened in it happened in the uh, Minnesota high school hockey league, which of course is one of the is really a big time thing. You know, it's the Friday night lights of of hockey. <laughs> Minnesota high school hockey is is huge, and uh, there's a team, there's a high school called Morris Benson High School up there, and a goalie named Tony Bruns who lost in his game yesterday. T- his team lost twelve nothing, but he stopped ninety eight shots. <laughs> he gave up twelve goals. In 110 shots. Wow. Right, so I'm trying to think. Have Layton,
2: a, Michael Layton has the AHL record. Because I have a guy who covered mm-hmm. the game. I, I want to see how many saves Leighton made. And it was like quadruple overtime.
1: Yeah. This is a straight up regular time yeah. game. Which is nuts. I'm no overtime. And so the Minnesota High School League. lists a 76 save percentage. Was the previous record. At least in Minnesota State High School. But then we were trying to figure out as well. Talking to some other people about just in general. Um for a for a regular sixty minute game. Um, but this has happened to him a lot. He's actually had saves. He's actually stopped seventy and eighty shots before. This team doesn't give him much support. <laughs>
0: Did he get a congratulatory call from Al Montoya or Ron Tugnut? He
1: should get <laughs> that's right. He should get something. Um, I agree, but that, all right, that here, was, here it is okay.
2: um Layton made ninety eight saves all right. river rats.
1: Wow, okay, so that's that's a tie that ties this that's interesting. See, I knew yes, that because uh, I
2: had someone, I sent somebody and covered that game and it was five overtimes.
1: That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and finally, there's a little report coming out from Darren Dreger again, our buddy, um, who says that the LA Kings and Canucks are looking at a game against each other in either Shanghai or Beijing. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: that, you know, to the NHL in China, this, of course, you remember four years after this Olympics, make
2: it a preseason game. Don't do what they yeah. did with the London games. I, I'll tell you this. I don't know if people remember, but that was one of Jonathan Bernier's first NHL games, and I think it hurt him. I think yeah. rushing him into one of those London games was not a good thing for his career.
0: I don't.
1: Interesting. No, I. I, I can what did they that. call those?
0: The Premier Games back then.
1: Right, right. The Premier Games. Yep.
0: Wasn't it L.A. versus Anaheim or something like that? Wasn't it something? Mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah, well, who they faced. Yeah, it was. I, yeah,
1: it was, I think it was Ellie Anaheim. I think it was Ellie Anaheim yeah. for sure. And then finally, 20 years ago today, this happened. Um, I like to try to kind of fun things that happen. This is a good one, Mike. You remember this? And I show you the picture of this. This happened in your town. What, you know? Do you know what happened 20 years ago today, Mike, in your town?
0: Um, I need a reminder here, but here comes. Oh, yeah, shot 20 in a row. No, 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 no. I I do remember this. The
1: here's the picture. This is the day the sky fell in Buffalo, they call it. The day this day the day the uh
0: the day the video died at the, the, video at the
1: screen the, collapsed
0: fortunately yes, in the middle was, of the day. In one of the previous incarnations of the now current Key Bank Center, where it's been HSBC Arena, Marine Midland Arena, yep. first Niagara Center. It was back it was the Ma back then. And I remember going to a game after that. Scoreboard collapsed, and it was so weird that you're so programmed to look up at the screen,
1: yeah.
0: And they had more uh score uh scoreboards on the sides and your entrances because, right? Well, look, this know. is
2: why this is one of my favorite pictures. Pat Hickey gave it to me, and that is like MSG with no scoreboard, no dashboard. Oh, wow. no wow, advertising, nothing.
1: Wow, when was that?
2: That was like 79. Wow, okay. Actually, that's 78 because they had the Crest. That's, and
1: that's the other MSG, right? So that's not the MSG right now. No, it is the MSG right now. Oh, it's now. the same MSGs now. I thought that was the MSG, other older MSG. No, no, no. When did that change happen?
2: Uh, There was a, a 50s MSG. That okay, was a, so that's like, a different – okay. Yeah.
1: That is one of the coolest buildings. If you ever get a chance to go to see a game in New York, you have to – I mean, MSG is, is still phenomenal. It's so – it's 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 so beautiful in there and And it was an art
2: deco msg that's
1: yeah yeah i mean and that that roof of course is is so iconic and i remember last year taking a walking around the or a couple years ago when the rangers were in the finals and we were sitting up top there and um walking around the top and just i got a really cool picture of those beams that yellow beams and how that works it's just it's just beautiful up there it's phenomenal it's cool um all right and uh, of course i i was told that we need to do the nhl draft lottery simulator we haven't done it at least once a week. Um, and uh, so I'm going to bring it in today. By the way, uh, I'm in discussions so All right, uh, let see here. Hold up. Lottery. Sim- I'm sorry. Man, oh, man, I'm blowing it. Here's it. Any show? Lottery simulator. Come on. Nobody can see. It. Sorry. I got it. Lottery simulator. Here we go. Boom. <laughs> All right. The current team with the best chance of getting, um, we'll call. We him-
2: no one, Patrick.
1: Nolan Patrick. For now, Pretty, okay. is, right now the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the screen and see if this works at all. Make this happen. Okay. There. Is <laughs> that? You don't want that? Uh, hold on. There you go. Here it is. All right, it's under here. Never mind. All right, ready? The winner is the Arizona Coyotes. All right. Now um, here's. Then the then the Canucks, then the Jets. All right, there you go.
2: If the Arizona Coyotes win this pick, they should reject it. No, they can't reject it, and they could have a choice between you know Patrick and Liljegren. But the idea is, would they trade some assets, knowing that they have the number one pick? I I have to think they'd have to because at some point they have to start moving in the other direction. This is where I told you They're in a very confusing yeah. place right now because. Coming into the season, they sent me a message that they were rebuilding and trying to make the playoffs like the Flyers, but they're closer to rebuilding than they are making the playoffs. And right. really, all they need is a goalie
0: and a little help on defense. That's really all they need. Yeah. Well, um, and, and, and Maybe this is
1: another place for Ben Bishop, possibly.
0: Maybe. And, and according to our, our good friend, Darren Drager, uh, the <laughs> team that Brian Burke was fulminating about yesterday as the one okay. that Release the rumor about Dougie Hamilton was in fact the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Oh, which
0: makes sense because the GM is new and he's not part of the old boys network. And they tried to trade for Dougie Hamilton during. Yeah, they did.
1: Remember how close? Remember during that draft? Yeah, they they were they were trying to make that happen big time. That was of course the other GM that was Maloney at that point.
0: Yes, Yes. and and Anthony Duclair was the name, the big name over the summer that they had offered, and Duclair's name has been out there in terms of trade rumors. So it sort of does add up. But yeah, I mean Arizona. Arizona right now—they're two years away from being a competitive team. The, all their youngsters—they're 19 or 20 years old. Right. You got a lot of young. At talent. Time Bishop, they would be competitive next year. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they got to find a way to get out from under Mike Smith's contract. Right. And that's easier said than done.
1: Yeah. No, good points. Great show. Fast as always. Um, we we'll back tomorrow. Tomorrow will be later in the day. Um, I think so. Just check on your times tomorrow. We'll figure it out exactly when. But it will be later in the day, probably in the 3 o'clockish ish area, somewhere in there about. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you then. Enjoy the games tonight. Lots of games.